Welcome back in everyone to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings. We are joined today by two incredible artists with an incredible show. Joining us today, we have the playwright Caitlin George and the director Violetta Picayo, who are part of La Mama in association with En Garde Arts presentation of the Super Geographics production of Helen. It's playing October 13th through the 29th at La Mama, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting lamama.org. We are so excited about having these guests on to talk about this highly anticipated show this fall. So let us go ahead and welcome on our guests, Violetta, Caitlin, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having us. It's so excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much. I am so excited to have you both. Thank you for taking the time, Violetta. Thank you so much for rising with the sun with me. And and thank you so much for, I guess, putting the sun to bed as you're joining us all the way from Australia. This is fantastic to have the two of you here and to be talking about this great show, Helen. I was so excited to receive the email about it. It's a very anticipated show for the fall at a beautiful venue at La Mama. And I just want to dive right into this right off the bat. And and Caitlin, as a playwright, I want to start with you and having you tell our listeners a little bit about what Helen is about. Of course. So Helen is a story, is a journey. We start off in the home space with three sisters who have all these um, different kind of interactions that like really speak to like this tight world and from there the god of chaos eris is sitting above them and throws down a button and it's this one simple little thing this one thing that's out of place that cracks open a door which helen grabs and and runs off on a journey and that's really the starting place and and where we go through there twists and turns and spirals around we meet trojans we meet we meet brothers we meet gods we meet Penthesilia and memnon and hecuba and all these characters like from the i guess less told part of the that like very well-known myth of Helen of Troy the characters and the undercurrent stories the things that weren't about glory or about you know fighting the gods and and all of those things to really like take this big myth and and examine like life in and in and around those things. Violetta is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that's such a beautiful invitation into the into the piece and I think what first grabbed me about what you wrote, Caitlin, is this is this opportunity to engage with our own familiarity with a story. I think most people, I've yet to find someone who doesn't have any sort of associations with the story of Helen, whether through mythology or through art, but so much of it in asking people like, what do you know about Helen? Usually the first thing or the second thing that people would say had to do with this question of, did she go or was she taken from home? as part of the Trojan War. And what Caitlin does so brilliantly is put that question to bed right from the start. So we know she's deciding to go. And I think what that really does is lets the audience and the characters explore how we arrange events to tell stories. So part of what we're on a journey of is making our own story and the need to sort of answer things in opposition to each other or to arrange things linearly. Through this journey, we really get to to be in the experience of creating a story. And hopefully what that means is that each audience member gets to do that as well without us telling them what the pieces of the story add up to. Oh, that sounds incredible. I love all that. 
sounds like a really <laughs> fun story. I think so too. <laughs> so Caitlin, coming back to you, it, I mean, this sounds obviously Greek mythology and things that we're, we're, we're talking about, but how did you come up with the idea for this particular iteration of Helen? Yeah, so it's actually born out of another project that the Super Geographics were working on, and this is back in February of 2021. So four company members, including Violetta and Jonathan Taylor, the artistic director, were up in upstate New York bubbling to work on a residency of this other play, Parsley. And Parsley is also looking at big Greek myth, but like bringing it back down and excavating that story of Chrysothemis, who's one of Clytemnestra's daughters. And she's kind of like this forgotten character. You know, she pops up in Electra, I think it is, but then she disappears in like Agamemnon and Orestes. So the idea is to like kind of pull her out and and examine things like, you know, storytelling structures, but gender binary through that myth. And during that conversation, so they were all upstate bubbling together in like, you know, COVID safe environment, but I was in Montreal. So I was zooming in every day and sort of like being actively a part of the process, but also like voyeuristically watching from behind my screen and getting to like soak in all the like, all the conversations they were having and all the interesting perspectives they were putting on it and part of that was with Parsley looking at this forgotten character and then that discussion kind of turned into well Helen who's like this you know the face that launched a thousand ships like the 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 model of the Helen myth is like you can see it in modern stories like again and again and again and so the question became like well what would it be to look at that story that myth from Helen's perspective outside as Violetta said outside of the context of you know, did she leave Menelaus or was she taken? And actually like having her perspective on her own story. And that conversation that I was listening to in my studio apartment in Montreal, like sparked that kind of inspirational rage of like, yes, what is her story? So I think that night like wrote up a couple of scenes, like maybe five pages, it was very short. And I sent it out to Violetta and that she like very soon responded and was like, yes, this. And so we started conversations from there. And that's really what began it. Once Violetta jumped on board, there was, there was no stopping. Oh, that's so cool. Violetta, I, I, I want to jump over to you now. So, so Caitlin sends you these pages, you get excited about it. What happened? I mean, what happened from there? That's how you kind of came upon this. And and where did it go from there? What has it been like developing this piece from that point on? Yeah, Caitlin very slyly sent me these pages. And it was like a one-line email that just said, I actually tried to find it and I can't find it in my, in my inbox, but it said something like, have a read when you have a sec. And it was the first, I think, 20 pages of this play that I was just, I couldn't stop thinking about. And there were so many questions proposed and so many invitations to, to consider these figures and this, this retelling. And I really felt like it was such a, just a beautiful and kind of relentless launch pad to reimagine my own understanding of this story and my own understanding of the way that myth has impacted sort of archetypes I see in the world, but also my role in telling or receiving a story. And So we were, I was already sort of immersed in Caitlin's language because Caitlin is the playwright of Parsley, which is this other, this other play that we were working on as a company, as the super geographics and that we are developing as well. So we, I felt so lucky to meet this text while we sort of had our company mates 
brain's kind of all churning together already. And yeah, I'm trying to, we've been sort of growing with this piece for so long that actually to, to sort of rewind and remember how the pieces laid out chronologically is really an adventure and such fun as we, as we now have our full design team and our full acting company and the full support of the Super Geographic. So it's, it's really exciting to try to trace the linear of it which kind of comes back to the piece because what one of the things that Caitlin does so beautifully in this is propose different ways that time might function other than linear. She talked a little bit about spirals earlier and repetitions and really looking at how a story sort of is born and reborn in our collective consciousness and in different places. And Caitlin has this amazing knowledge and interest in mythology and capacity to hold conflicting tellings of a tale. And I think a lot of people can do that, but not a lot can then put that in the same work and say, like, this is true. This conflicting thing is also true and give the audience the space to sort of reconcile those things. So that's one of the many things that I love about this piece. I don't think that was your question, though. I think your question was, how did, what did we do next? (laughs) Was that the question? I mean, you 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 did sort of answer it. I I I was kind of prodding a little bit about like what has been the development been like, kind of going forward yeah. as you get ready to get the show up on its feet. I'm assuming as you're heading into rehearsals and and starting to walk the boards, if you will. Yeah. So we've had a few a few really like key moments of coming together around this project. Mm-hmm. Caitlin already told you sort of how how she started crafting and building it, and then we had while doing another residency upstate we had some time to work it on its feet with other members of the Super Geographics. We did a reading, a staged reading of it in 20, later in 2021. Is that right, Caitlin? Yeah, it was about November of 2021. So we we were able to do the just pure development residency in like June, July, and then a staged reading in November of 2021. And that, so we got to hear, we really got to examine the text. And also we did a movement workshop along with that, but separate. So we got to really dive into the physical world and the textual world of this piece. And then last year we had been put in touch with Annie Hamburger and On Guard Arts and got to sort of share our enthusiasm about this piece and where it was in the development and the script as well. And she has been so supportive from the moment of receiving the script and helped us. We got to do an On Guard Arts series called Uncommon Voices, where we did a 10-day workshop of this. And we basically went into that saying, like, we're going to make a draft of as much of this play as we can do in 10 days. So with Annie and On Guard's support, we staged like the first two thirds of it in that time. And you know how 10 days goes now. There are doctor's appointments that come up and there's COVID and there's, you know, people get lost on the train, like, all sorts of things. But we were really using it as a lab for this piece, for the text, the physical world, and also for our company to say, how do we, one of the things that's really important to us is that artists can equitably participate in a way that celebrates being based different places geographically. So we got to bring in artists who are exciting to us from all different places. And part of what we were labbing was how do we support everyone in making this, whether it's just down the street from home or very far from home. And we're, I'm really excited to continue that through through this next phase, which again is made is made possible by the by the trust and support of all these incredible organizations that you that you listed in the beginning. It really is a true, true sort of it's it's a, a true collaboration of downtown and international theater. I feel so lucky to 
be at La Mama, which has shaped what downtown theater means for so long. Part of On Guard Arts, working with the amazing people of that community who really continue to bring up the questions of what does it mean to be an audience and what are the spaces we allow? I guess the spaces where that is allowed and how do we constantly expand that? So to have that sort of legacy and activity on this piece that is, I think, so dear to the super geographics mission of how do we how do we make more space for stories that are traditionally untold? Really feels like when I, re- when I really think about it, I get a little bit choked up about how we ended up with this dream team of artists and history and space and text and really attention and generosity from, from everyone involved. Oh, I love that. This sounds like, <laughs> this sounds like a lot of fun. And as you get into rehearsal, this sounds like, I mean, you can just hear the excitement and the anticipation in both of your voices. So I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see the final product. I'm so excited for you to see it. It's been a long road, you know. So yeah, we're 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 thrilled to be getting into a, into rehearsal for this premiere. We we can't wait. <laughs> Wonderful. Kind of building on that, Violetta, I want to start with you and ask, what is the message or thought you're hoping that the audience will take away from Helen? I'm really hoping that the 80 to 90 minutes of the time in the theater together is a time where the audience and the artists get to explore our own role in storytelling and that sharing that space is an invitation for everyone there to kind of irreverently re-examine our own roles in in storytelling, in myth, in the archetypes we see in the world. And when I read this play, I feel like I have more tools to, to reimagine possibilities that exist. So I'm hoping that people have a bit of that experience in in seeing it. I love that. Oh my gosh. I know I keep saying I love that, but I do. I just, I think that's a wonderful message. I think that's a wonderful thought. That makes me super excited. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Caitlin, as a playwright, what are you hoping the audiences take away from this? I think my, my constant question is, you know, what is it what are we walking through every day in all these stories that we inherited? Because regardless of, you know, if you're, you know, well studied on Greek myth or, you know, have seen the movie Troy or whatever it is, like we're constantly, all the stories that we, a lot of the stories that we hear are a retelling of these like very, very old myths that were written for and by people who don't necessarily represent where we are now. So I guess my my hope would be that people would step out with more questions about like, okay, well, you know, what are the other perspectives in this story? Like what else in this, you know, when we're told the lineage of history, what else was happening? That would be really exciting to me. And and from that, like, what does that mean about the stories or the the, the choices that I have agency to make, you know, stepping forward? And I think that's, yeah, something Tony McNamara said, who's Australian playwright and wrote The Great, was, and I'm absolutely paraphrasing, but like we can have more fun with history. And I think that's something that this play really does. It's taking these myths that are often held very reverently. And, you know, in in some contexts, that, that's great. But also, you know, the the if you look at the, you know, direct translations of the myths of Helen, there's so many different ways to tell it because 
they're not one set thing. So being able to play with these like base stories, re-examine the way that we told them, like look at the different perspectives and have fun with it, I think is like such an exciting commission. No, that's not the right word, but it's such an exciting joy. That's all. (laughs) That's fantastic. I like that perspective though. I I like the idea of of getting to have more fun with history. So that's, I really like that. So my final question for this first part of the interview is, who do you hope have access to this show? And Caitlin, I'm going to start with you first on that. Yeah, we've thought about this a lot. I hope anyone with an interest in history, I hope anyone with an interest in storytelling or theater gets to see this show. I hope in terms of, uh, I guess, like the the deeper message inside of it, I hope a lot, lot of young women get to see it. And I also hope a lot of, all different kinds of people and you know of all different ages get to see this this piece as well i think there's there's so much at least for me in it that's recognizable in terms of you know the familiar the sisters and and all of those things and the i guess like backlash of having made a decision that i know i still feel it today and i know that a lot of people in my life have expressed feeling today of like having made a choice and, and the repercussions thereof so I think there's there's space for a lot of different people to get a lot out of this play. So just everyone. But I <laughs> yes. Violetta, what about you? Yeah, what Caitlin said, everyone. <laughs> but to, <laughs> but to add to that, I think there are these there are these critical moments in at all different points in people's lives, but where we learn what is effective communication to a group, and sort of we are we either challenge or accept the role that seems available to us in a group. And I'm really hoping that this play will find people as they're kind of in that moment of, of questioning how we want to communicate and how we might communicate differently or in a way that feels more true to us, even if it's a little bit chaotic to get there. So I'm hoping we get, we get people who are actively considering where they are in that journey, or if they aren't, that this that this play might invite them to. to change gears now for the second part of our show let our listeners get to know the two of you a little bit better on a more personal level pick your brains if you will and i'm gonna kick things off with my perennial question which is what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites and violetta can i start with you on that one please Yes. How long do I have to answer this? Because I can go on about this. <laughs> I mean, it's your show. Take it away as long as you like, I guess, right? I'll try to be very, I'll try to be efficient about it. But I think that as, you know, as I move through my career in theater, the thing that I feel like I keep collecting are more artists to be inspired by and more questions to to embody, not necessarily to answer, but to sort of lead to the next question. And a huge, huge influence and inspiration for me in that is the artists of the city company. Caitlin and I and our 
company mate, uh, the, our company mate at the Super Geographics and the artistic director of the Super Geographics, Jonathan Taikina Taylor, as well as some other folks in the company are all graduates of City Companies Conservatory program at different years and different trainings. And as a company that has created work for decades, but also as individual artists are so deeply inspiring to me. And I continue to find new ways that those those artists inspire me. And many, many of those artists are working on this show as well. So that's really thrilling. So those artists are super inspiring to me. And I've seen so much work lately that is just thrilling. The thing that immediately comes to mind is Wolf Play, which I absolutely loved. And I think I saw that and The Jungle in the same week. And so that was such an exciting conversation to have about how we tell stories of making community and what the physical relationship between audience and the story being told is in a theatrical venue, which feels at the at the core of this as well. Oh my gosh, I want to talk about so many more people who inspire me. I think that I feel really lucky to have engaged with a lot of different company models and that I find deeply inspiring because it's not necessarily the most efficient process to be, to build a company and create within a company. But I think what does become really efficient is the way each artist gets to hold their company mates accountable for the best creative version of themselves because we're not starting from square one at the beginning. So getting to do workshops with the artists who are building this piece and then come back a year later to build it again, getting to knowing how much thought and care and commitment has gone into this piece outside of the this sort of production process that we're going into which is as Caitlin said a, ve- a very small part of the whole the whole piece so I think the hope and the thing I feel so lucky to have encountered is that the the people I'm in a room with always inspire me and are constantly giving me giving me new language for what I want to be seeking and making. And there's this, this thing when I was at a talk back with City Company and someone asked, I think, why do you make theater? I'm paraphrasing. I'm definitely paraphrasing. And one of the company members said that Anne Bogart says this thing. And I was like, what do I say? That we make theater to ask how we're getting along, which applies to the rehearsal process and the exchange of actors and audience during a performance. And I really hold on to, to that. And I think the, the opportunity to make a rehearsal room is really the chance to create a set of encounters and a little part of the world that's as we want it to be, not necessarily how it has to be. And that changes and evolves throughout the process. But this idea of at each stage of that process, how do we make a room that is the way we hope the world is? And sometimes what we encounter is like, this is oh, that's definitely not how we want the world to be. So then we all come together and and kind of change. Oh, maybe if we do this instead, or maybe if we will try this tomorrow. But it's this, because there's this container of time and space on that rehearsal room and on a given performance, we really inside of it get to say, well, what if anything is possible? And we get to decide on that anything. And with this play, we get to say, well, what if, we tell it this way because there are thousands of ways this play could be done. And I hope I get to see it done thousands of ways. But our question is really with these artists, what's our proposal for how to tell this story and how to share it with the audiences? And then what will we learn from them each time? So audiences really inspire me too. 
I love that. I don't think I've ever heard someone mention the audience inspiring them. So I love that. <laughs> Caitlin, what about you? Who, what are, who inspires you? So many things. I mean, in terms of, in terms of playwrights, I mean, Sarah Rule and Carson, Carol Churchill, there's Kate Tucker. Kate Tucker's Montag that went up at, oh, help me, was it, where was it? It's, I think it was Soho Rep, right? Was it Soho Rep? Yes, so. you're right. Soho Rep. They're, right, they're right next to each other. Yeah, I get those two mixed up all the time. I know, it's tricky. <laughs> Soho Rep. <laughs> Soho Rep. I was lucky enough to see that when I was in New York last year for the Uncommon On Guard Arts Uncommon Voices workshop we did. And it was, it, oh, it was so good. It blew my mind. Kate, yeah, so Kate Tucker, Lally Katz, who's an Australian-American playwright. I saw a piece she did back in, I want to say, like 2011 at the Melbourne Theatre Company. And there was a bit in it where there was a line, like a, it was like a romantic scene, but like a high conflict. And like one of them just said, I could piss on you. And I thought it was the best thing. <laughs> I was like, that is. And yeah, so I feel like influenced by all of those greats beyond that women in general inspire me that might be lame to say but it is absolutely true I'm constantly like every day inspired by just women being women in the world and then also of course something I always say to people whenever they say you know well I'm an artist and I'm starting out like what is it I should do I'm like I'm still figuring it out but something I'll say is you know make sure you find your people like find your tribe very like early on who are the people you want to be working with? Who are the people you want to be making stuff with? Pitch them an idea and just do it. And with the super geographics, with this company, I'm constantly inspired by the artists who I'm lucky enough to have drawn into a thing and, and get to continually work with. That's like, it's such a it's such a joy and such a huge boon and, and driving factor for me, my work, the fact that I get to, to make so much of it with these incredible artists. That is a wonderful answer and a great list. Solid list there. Love that. We have now come to my favorite question to ask guests, and I'm very excited to hear both of your answers. And that is, what is your favorite theater memory? There's there's two that are loudest in my in my head. One is, it's I guess no, it's a theater memory. Like I think one of the, my earliest encounters with theater was when. I would sneak into my dad's study and steal his books. And he had a lot of like, you know, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and and books of that like elk as a as a young man with long hair in the 70s. But he, one of the books that he had was Measure, no, Merchant of Venice by Shakespeare. And I read it and I was going through it being like, I do not understand what this is at all. But at some point, like it clicked, like I guess the flow of the language. And like, that was when I was like, oh, that's pretty cool I think I was maybe like 11 and then my other memory would be I guess it would be about 2009 I went to La Mama in Melbourne we have a La Mama here great little theater they have two spots in this town called Carlton one of them's a black box and in this black box which seats maybe like 40 50 people I saw a um, production of Waiting for Godot and it was so good and I just sat there the entire time with my like mouth open at the end, I stood up and I was maybe in 2009, maybe, yeah, I was 16, but I just absolutely like the, the language, the, um, like the pace of it, like the, the, the comedy inside of it, the ridiculousness of it all absolutely sucked me in. And that, that was, that was the end of it, I think. <laughs> 
Oh, I love those. See, those are two, that, that's two great memories right there. <laughs> Fabulous memories. Thank you for those. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Violetta, what about you? I think one of my favorite sort of recurring theater moments is that calm before the storm. Like if you're ever the first to arrive in the theater, like during tech, before anyone else has started working and sort of being in the space and thinking, getting to imagine what what everyone might do in it together that day. And on the other side too, sort of sitting in the theater once the audience is cleared out or backstage at the dressing room table as folks have sort of gone home and getting to collect all of the pieces or as many as, you know, as many as you can try to from, from the day that's just passed. And that feels like something that's that's deeply baked into this, this development process too with Helen. Sometimes there'll be a phone call between Caitlin and myself or, you know, with one of the actors or with one of the designers and, or sometimes it's a text and it's just like, what if this, (laughs) and it's rarely met with an answer. It's usually met with questions. And I think getting to sit in questions with people who help you discover new ones. I don't know if that counts as a theater memory, but it's definitely why I love theater and the sort of, the sort of meetings that I get most excited by. I definitely count that as a member. I would call that fair play. So that's, <laughs> Great. that's fabulous. So thank you both for sharing those wonderful memories and insights. Thank you so much for those. Thank you. In the last few minutes we have together, I want to ask, are there any other projects or productions that either of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Yes. Caitlin, do you want to talk a little bit more about the projects coming up from the Super Geographics? Yeah. So we have other things that we're simultaneously working on. One project, The Monk and Alexander, is something that we have previously workshopped. I think, I believe we began workshopping remotely in 2020. And then in 2022, we were able to travel to Bangalore, India. A few members of the Super Geographics went there to work with artists local to Bangalore and Delhi and Mumbai, including Anita and Akshay Gandhi, sorry, excuse me, Anita and Akshay Gandhi, who produced the the first stages of that project, as well as playwright Mahesh Datani. And we're working, continuing that collaboration in the future. So that will hopefully open in the US and then tour to India or vice versa, and then around from there. Another piece still in the works is Parsley, which we spoke about earlier. It's a play that I've written, kind of been on the back burner since since Helen came about, but the company's super excited about like where, where it can go next and what new questions will come about that. So yeah, there's stuff, there's stuff cooking, which, you know, is very exciting coming out of Helen. We've got some things that we're super excited to be launching into as well. That is great. Yeah. And we've really gotten to spend, as we sort of talked about before, we've really gotten to spend time with this question of how do we bring folks together in New York to make work? And how do we bring people from all different parts of the country and the world to do that? And both of these other projects are sort of based in the inverse of how do we how do we meet in the place that houses the the stories that we're exploring together, whether in, in Bangalore or elsewhere around the world with, with Parsley and how does, how does language affect that? And what do we, yeah, how do we keep meeting, meeting artists and communities through that? Very cool. So some great things in the pipeline to keep the 
an eye on. And that's a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about Helen or about the two of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Yeah, of course. So they can visit our website, which is supergeographics.org. So S-U-P-E-R-G-E-O-G-R-A-P-H-I-C-S dot org. It's a long name. You'll find information about Helen there. You'll also find information for getting tickets and all of our other past and future projects. And you can contact us via the, the web form there, or you can shoot us an email directly at admin at supergeographics.org. That will reach the, the staff team. Or follow us on Instagram, again, at supergeographics. You can certainly follow us there. We're on Facebook as well. Any way that you want to reach out, we're, we're happy to hear from anyone. And you mentioned the La Mama ticketing website at the beginning of our discussion, which is where you can buy tickets for Helen. And you can also find more information about this production on the On Guard Arts website. So these are all great places to find more about the this production, this process, and the many, many incredible artists who are making this thing happen. And there's lots of info about all of them. There are so many, and I can't wait for, for people to see the work that comes from this collaboration. Well, Caitlin Violetta, thank you so much for taking the time to join thank me. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for sharing the show and your insights and everything. This has been so much fun. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank and I can't wait to see you at the, at the show. You'll have to let us know which, which night you're coming so we can, we can say hello in person. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. My guests today have been the playwright Caitlin George and the director Violetta Picayo, who are involved with La Mama, an association with On Guard Arts presentation of the Super Geographics production of Helen, playing October 13th through the 29th at La Mama. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting lamama.org. We also have several points of contact for our guests and their company that we'll be listing in our episode description, as well as in our social media posts. So make sure you check those out as well, because they've got some great upcoming projects. But right now, head to lamama.org, get your tickets for Helen, playing October 13th through the 29th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.